Hey, and welcome to this episode of Co-Creating with AI. I am Martin, and with me is, uh, as always, Rasmus, my co-host. How are you today, Rasmus? I'm good. Uh, yeah, it's been a, you know, it's been a busy week. Yeah. So a little bit tired. I haven't averaged more than five, six hours last few nights, but uh, yeah, enjoying it. Really enjoying it. Um, both work and, and life. Yeah. Summer so, yeah. is here for real now. Yeah. I mean, for real, like I'm swimming in the lake nearby uh, like every day now. So it's, it's so nice after work. How are you doing? Well, I'm good. Uh, right now I'm, I'm eating my mosquitoes and sweating like crazy. It's super hot uh, sitting indoors and uh, looking forward to get outside in the shade a bit. Maybe going to the lake as well. Nice. And, and as you said, like the... Uh... That, as always with me, me Rasmus, we are going to start bringing on people, yeah. <laughs> being, le- being less self-absorbed. I have the first couple of like quite interesting people lined up. They just couldn't make it this week. Uh, but hopefully the next, fingers crossed. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we have some uh, some good stuff I think to talk about today. Yeah. yeah. And uh, today we're going to um, bring out a continuation of what we talked about last episode. And at uh, last episode, we talked about UX with AI, and now we're going to talk about AI native apps. It's something that we mentioned briefly in the last episode. And uh, the way we define AI native in Multiply, we have set the bar pretty high for ourselves. We want AI native to mean that everything you can do as a user with keyboard and mouse can also be done by AI. Like Everything as 100% of all actions can be done with AI as well. Is, and do you, uh, does that rhyme with your um, yeah. definition as well, Rasmus? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I like that one. I think we can expand upon it and explore it. But I think the reason why it's a pretty good definition is that if you really like look forward into like how people will co-create with AI, right, then you need like it's like if you and I are going to paint together, we both need hands to you know, or some kind of appendix to uh, you know pick up the paintbrush and and mm-hmm. and uh, dip into the paints and uh, reach the canvas. So I think I think it's a really really important definition based on like how we see the world in the future and not only looking at AI as like you know as the paintbrush so to say mm-hmm. that you pick up. And highly, you know, effective paintbrush, sure, but someone who picks up the paintbrush and uses it. So yeah, I, I like it. I like the definition. Yeah, and especially because it gets a, a, us away from the uh, chat interfaces that everybody is uh, thinking about AI right now as as basically pure chat only, and uh, and which is very very limiting in terms of developing new apps and new experiences and i think that's actually interesting because like when you said that i'm like isn't chat ai native because you're both chatting then i thought about it and actually the way they're developing it is that the ai can you interact via the chat but the ai can do a bunch of things you know with plugins etc the way it's moving and especially as they take it to be multimodal you know like you've like everyone's seen uh, probably Mm. demos of at least all the twitter art they have seen uh, demos of when it like can generate you know gifs inside of it etc so yeah i actually agree i don't think um chat is an ai native interface mm. and um uh, so 
how do you think we should approach this as, as a topic for the episode? No, I, mean, I think examples. So we we talked like the last couple of episodes were the first ones, I think, that were quite multiply heavy. So we were, you know, mm. of course, talking about our vision for a co-creative future together with AI and and then related that and, and made it hopefully more tangible using multiply as an example mm. and, and the kind of platform we built. Um, and then the last episode was like much more closest, closer to now, like how do we define AI native? What's a good UX and UI and product to co-create with AI? Mm. And then using multiply as the example and multiply here and now in that case. So I think like, I mean, let, let's go beyond, uh, let's go, go beyond that. <laughs> We're not only talking mm. our own book and actually talk about some of the amazing stuff, like some of the amazing AI native apps and, and, you know, interface UX explorations and innovations that are happening out there. So I, I, I'd say let's do that. And then, yes. you know, we always throw in kind of values and vision and stuff like that anyhow, but then mm. and let's be creative about it. If, if we come up with something new around, especially AI native apps and interfaces, maybe we can mm. give some people like some aspiring entrepreneurs, some, some ideas. So let's uh, perhaps start with Adobe Firefly, which is an amazing um, feature in, in Adobe Photoshop where you can, AI generate um, um, images and actually soon video as well. They're, they have demoed that recently, just in the past couple of days that Firefly will have video capabilities. And so let's say that I'm using Photoshop with Firefly, then it's sort of an AI native feature in the, in terms of that, um, that feature being only, it, it's really purpose-built for AI. Um, They've had had different kinds of content-aware fill before, but this really takes it to the next level. However, it really there, it's a very um, long step further to making Adobe Photoshop as a whole an AI t- native app because there's there's such there's a ton of features where um, which. Of course, the AI doesn't have access to to all the other tools and all the other filters and so on. The AI can do nothing nothing of that as it is right now. Although they they have a very very advanced scripting language, so Adobe Photoshop is built on an, on a very advanced API. Everything you can do in Photoshop is accessible through that API. So basically, they could give that hand that over to the AI as well. And uh, allow the AI to to basically run the show in in Photoshop. I think it's a very interesting example, actually, and thank you for that explanation of how it works. I, I didn't know that actually. Uh, it like one thought that came for me is that like everyone is talking about or at least like uh, VCs and 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 you know uh, thinkers around AI and startups and stuff are talking a lot about like oh, but won't only the existing companies you know implement these functionalities, right? And I actually think it's interesting, maybe, and this is a big maybe, the products that are built with a very specific domain, specific language, slash, in this case, a scripting language that you, where you can like call upon the functions, where, the, where it's basically built such that the computer itself could express all the actions. Mm. I'm not sure, like you're, you're the engineer here. Um, 
but like the does, does that make sense because that's one of the reasons why i'm so bullish on, on like multiply is that you know i mean in our case it's a no code tool right yeah but because of the way we've you know built the domain model we can you know do things like ai generate the full apps mm. you know so very very advanced sequences of workflows that we don't have to predefine but that the ai can understand by us teaching it the language of multiply mm. and then it can respond to natural language instructions questions etc and express itself in that language i.e in the ux of our product uh, and that seems to me to be something like with the example you gave where adobe might adobe photoshop might be you know very well suited uh, to to become fully AI native, if, if it's mm. built that way, or is that, does that make sense? Or is that just me being like hobby, uh, hobby, I'm not even a hobby developer, but you know, trying to be a technical kind of guy, or does that make sense? No, I think, I definitely think it makes sense. And, and, uh, and there's, there's so much uh, built in software, which has a scripting language running behind the scenes, many, um, Many games, many OSs like Windows and Mac, and 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 a lot of software has a as a scripting language. Just because it that's a layer that allows the developers to have sort of a meta uh, development um, um, methodology, and where the uh, some developers can work on this, implementing the scripting language, and other other can uh, other developers can work on implementing the UI. And the UX, and it's a separation of concerns, and um, and it's there's um, of course that's um, very prevalent in web development, where the you have a server client architecture, and the client needs to talk to the server through an API, which is also sort of a, a, a scripting language, and so our AI native apps can start interfacing directly to the API, and it, they will have a uh, maybe a specific uh, uh, permission model for that, uh, where you give the, the the AI different permissions than the user have, and uh, and then but then after that you could basically hand over API access to to the AI. But that's interesting. But let's me dive dive a bit deeper there. So, with my understanding of our conversation now, mm. like that would seem that the more generalized creative tools. Like more the, the more ty- like kind of broad platform like products like Adobe that is like you know you can do all like uh, image and video editing like mm. it's not like you can do a few select workflows right but it's like broad capabilities would generally implement some kind of scripting language mm. uh, whereas if I would imagine like more specific built products with very specific workflows you can take and actions you can take such that such as like i don't know what's a good example hubspot maybe mm-hmm. or like many of these narrow ai apps coming out now or um you know a lot of the SaaS apps out there mm-hmm. where you can like do one thing ish you know but specifically you can do like a few things yeah. and i would imagine that if you build something like that it doesn't make sense to invest in that in in like your own domain specific scripting language like it would for adobe does that make sense like because that could be an interesting definite like a division of looking upon this well since since many apps still uh, like more purposeful 
um, niche apps still have an API because they are client server. They have, maybe they have a mobile a mobile app or they have a they have a, a, a web app. They still have an API, which okay. is something that the AI can interface directly. But so maybe okay. then it's just like about the. I guess co-creative capacity yeah. of the AI in the sense that Adobe has shitloads of like actions yeah. and combinations of actions, whereas HubSpot uh, has like probably like three orders of magnitude less, mm. you know, different configurations sure. and actions that the AI can access by being taught mm. uh, to use the HubSpot API. Mm. So maybe it's just on that level. Maybe it's not on not on the level I said. Maybe it's just on like on that level. Something just to illustrate something you can already do in in Photoshop is that you can record macros. So you could you can implement a workflow in Photoshop. Um, let's say you you want to um, run filters on on photos and you want to save them in three different sizes: one for web, one one for mobile, and one for for print. And and then you want your your autograph in the bottom right corner. If you record as as a workflow, you can export it actually to a an ex- executable file, and then uh, like an EXIF file in Windows. And then you, every time you drop an image onto that EXIF file, it will mm. execute the workflow on that image. And then you can batch process as well. So you can say, uh, replay this workflow on on these two thousand photos. Yeah. And so that's and and so. Imagine handing over that capability to to the AI to to do the same, but purpose built for, or or purposefully adjusting the workflow according to the content of the images, or according to the current prompt it's working from, or or a conversation with with the user. That's amazing. Yeah, cool. I mean, I didn't actually know you could like record it without coding it. I always envision these things as like you know Excel macros, which. I don't know, maybe they have now, but when I was using it back in the day, uh, you definitely couldn't record them. You had to had to write them. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, nice. That was actually really like insightful and like, mm. like thanks for that. Like I'm, and, I'm of that. And then to bring back that back, just to for for our listeners to keep up, what, what we what we're talking about is AI native apps. So what what we are envisioning now is how Photoshop or other scripted apps or API-backed apps can become fully AI-native by handing over that the script language or the API to the AI to interface directly and work sort of autonomous, autonomously with. So maybe, maybe we should talk a bit about that autonomy. What does it mean for the AI to be an autonomous agent working directly with the back end of, of the app that I'm using? Sure. I think it's interesting because if we build on that, so let's imagine, you know, we have an AI native app, right? With the definition, the AI can do anything you can do. Let's say Photoshop is fully AI native in the year. Uh, I'm better working on it. Uh, You know, whether or not they have a different kind of definition and vision. Um, And then let's like, then, 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 so then it has the capability, right? It has the arms and legs and paint brushes and, I don't know how you used to cut video, but maybe you cut it in yeah. film and yeah. scissors, right? Uh, so there it has the the tools, right? It has the tools. Yes. It has the tool set. It has the toolbox. Mm. And then it has the intelligence, which is, of course, the whole power of the LLM, that it's like 
pretty much generalized intelligence. Like, of course, we're not calling it AGI yet, but it's, you know, mm. next word prediction seems to be like a very good uh, mirror for how the, just a neural network like a brain works, uh, since it can learn principles and apply them. Um, which is, for those who don't know, that's how these language models work. They're trained on incredible amounts of words, generally, or images. And then based on that, they can, you know, you give it something and it predicts what comes next. And it's it's pretty pretty amazing. Like, I think it surprised probably uh, OpenAI as well, like how good that could be, like in the mm. beginning. Um, so yeah, so now we have that. We have intelligence, right? We have the brain, we have the arms and legs, and the tools, mm. right? So my toolbox. So now the question is, what, what is what is required for me to, given my brain and given my arms and given my toolbox, to be autonomous in doing something? Let's mm. imagine I'm carpenting. So I have my toolbox with my, you know, uh, you know, hammer and stuff. Uh, so now I'm gonna, you know, renovate my house. So what do I, what do I need to be autonomous? Well, I need to understand the purpose of what I'm doing. Hey, I'm I'm refer uh, like renovating the kitchen, mm. and more specifically. I need to understand what the actual goal is. Renovating the kitchen is not good enough. I need to understand that. And, and that, I think, can be given through prompts. You know, that's, that's natural language uh, uh, kind of expressible, or you can express the natural language. Uh, so there I need like, to know what I'm doing. And then I need to know the context. I need to have the input data, right, mm. to understand like what the kitchen looks like. I need to understand, you know, what uh, good looks like, you know, maybe mm. a picture of a, of a, of a great looking kitchen. I need to have information about, you know, knowledge actually, uh, which is what a carpenter has, right? About, you know, uh, good uh, materials to use for what, and like providers of different kind of, you know, kitchen equipment, etc. So I need context. I need intelligence. I need tools. I need, um, what's the last one? I need the purpose, like what the goal is, objective, and I need context. Uh, so I think that if, um, if an AI native app, which we define by having access to intelligence, right? That was mm. sort of not said, but that's that's is it. And having access to the tool set, then to go from AI native to AI native autonomous, right? Mm. Then it needs to, you need to be able to give quite advanced instructions. And based on those instructions, the AI needs to either be given or construct fetch the right context yeah uh, so we talked about how we do that in multiply right last time but but i think maybe should we should we do either we dive further into adobe and try to explore first of all do you, do you agree with that does that make sense those four things yeah I, I, good? I, I think those four things are needed i don't think it's complete though okay go for it yes because uh, what you also need is uh is the the capability of of planning and and performing a plan. Let's say it's as simple as drawing a square. You still need to make a plan. Like first, I draw the left side, and then the bottom, and then the right side, and the top. And you need so you need to make be able to make that plan and then execute the plan. And if it's a more complex task that you're given, like do personal branding for this person, then of course the 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 plan is very much more complex and it's multi level. It's yeah. it's like uh, you, you, you're going to like the the overall task is to make make a person um, give a person a stronger brand in social media, and uh, and and first you need to 
like the first step of the plan is to define what is that brand and understand um, the, the parameters of who the person is and, and who they want to be perceived as. And, uh, and that requires you to be able to gather data of, of your purpose as if you're, if you're they in this case, and then, and then it comes down to like, even just posting a tweet, uh, then you need to have the ability to, okay, I need to write the tweet. I need to, um, be, be able to send it to the Twitter API. And maybe in between, I need to quality check it as well, maybe with my user, or I need to check it towards a, a checklist. Is this tweet good enough? So that's interesting. Uh, oh, sorry, yeah. So, so just like the um, making plans, doing quality insurance on the plan first, and then having um, quality assurance and, te- and testing sort of part of every plan you make, and then. Um, yeah, and and then executing according to the plan. Uh, that's yeah. that's something that's yeah, it's really interesting. Like planning, I wonder if that's the like right category on that level. Like what comes to me is I don't know if it was you who sent it to me or if we even discussed it previously on this podcast, but like it, it's a little bit like um, you know you have a kid and uh, there goes my. <laughs> <laughs> One of those. Can you close the door, please? All right. Okay. There comes the carpenters. That's good. <laughs> in terms of yeah, in terms of uh, uh, you know, uh, illustrating the example. So let's say like uh, my daughter, right? She's she's born. She has intelligence, right? Mm. In ter- or not like in terms of like the raw capability of her neural network in her brain and yeah. body. And then she, of course, needs. But that's not enough to be able to do something well. You mm. need to have, um, um, like, I don't know if proficiency is the right word, but like, it, it sort of some feels like you need to learn how to best do something, mm. which means set up the plan, uh, which tools to use, which information to gather, because you know you can't use all information. Like, even an, an AGI would have to, I imagine, uh, you know. Uh, select like at least rank which information is relevant and important to what you're doing right now. Um, so it seems like there's like a proficiency there, like at least that's the word I would put upon it, like that includes planning, that includes you know what it does good look like, mm-hmm. you know, evaluation. There are probably good frameworks for this out there, but I, I think it's a really like an interesting kind of if I would allow to put those things you said under proficiency, it's like an interesting mm-hmm. five five uh, parameter framework. Uh, that yeah. maybe we can apply to some other example. I don't know if we would want to move past Adobe. Have, have you looked into like, did you see the Roblox demo? Or I think it was Roblox. It's one of these like uh, game engines. It might have been, uh, what is the other one called? Unity. Um, but it was one of these big uh, big game engines. Did you see that demo? I, I don't know what you're referring to, so I, I don't know. But okay. I've, I, but anyhow, yeah, yeah, go on. Before we go on there, like, what, what, like uh, did you have any, any thoughts around that? No, so... so... Um, maybe you can expand on what what you're referring to, like what what case is that you're referring to with the game engine? No, I was just thinking like if we would explore autonomy, like mm-hmm. would, would what would an autonomous um, game engine, like an an, an AI native autonomous game creation platform, looks yeah. like? Whether that's Roblox, that I guess is 
closer to the non-technical users our mm -hmm. unity which is closer to the code for technical users yeah like if we and then i can see if i can i can give a good recollection of of the demo i saw uh but what what do you think like if we would apply this framework or just think about the question of autonomy ai native autonomy uh in like a game engine context mm. no so so those two examples you mentioned are famously like primary examples of uh, in Rob case of Roblox and no code game engine and unity is uh, uh, very much a, like a code driven game engine. And in both of those cases, unity is very much an editor uh, where you write code, but it's also point and click then, and you can have, there are no code workflows within unity. And, um, um, but you are much more limited if you don't allow to code. So I can imagine in an AI native ver version of those, but basically you can go from a prompt to a game uh, with the AI driving all of that. Um, hopefully though, it's, uh, it's a co-creation process. So AI and humans are co-creating. And uh, so that could be on many levels. Uh, Unity, um, if, the, if, if, for example, for a no-code human user of Unity, maybe the AI can help writing code to implement the things that the human is not capable of, expanding the capabilities of a no-code approach to, to, to working in Unity. With Roblox, it's more maybe, maybe the AI can help with, uh, like if the human creates wants to create a concept, maybe the, when you have a concept of this is how the game mechanic works and this is an example of a level in the game, maybe the AI can be tasked with give, like expanding that to to a hundred levels based on on the game mechanic of the first, and that's that could be a way to to leverage Roblox uh, as an AI native platform. Just off the top of my head. Yeah, no, it's interesting. I mean, I'm we're <laughs> just exploring here. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I haven't really like actually verbalized any thoughts around this before. Yeah. If I would take what you're saying, which I agree with. And then take it to autonomy. What would autonomy mean in that context? Mm. So I guess like it's interesting, like autonomy in that context would mean that the AI is not only doing what you asked it to almost. It's not only like it's not keeping itself limited to what you said. It's like a little bit like you express a goal, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I want to create this type of game. Give me the first, um, I don't know what's the first thing of a game called, uh, the first, use the word chapter. No, it's level. Okay. Level. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so like the first level. So you basically say that that's the uh, boundary. Like mm -hmm. we talked about in an early episode of this. And uh, that's the boundary. And the goal is that I want, you know, a first player person shooter, uh, with, you know, I don't know, in, in uh, the world of magic and maybe I've even, you know, AI yeah, generated mm -hmm. what the world of magic looks like. But then, then like based on that, it can autonomously work within that frame and, uh, you know, it can ask me questions, uh, it, uh, which, you know, AutoGPT is quite famous for being one of the first that implemented. And then it can plan using its intelligence, using the tools of the platform, using the purpose you given it, objective, mm -hmm. and... Um, and then using uh, the context you've given and maybe 
that is provided by other things. Like maybe you say, hey, like this game, I really like this game. Um, you know, when we really, and then with the proficiency to then plan and judge what good looks like uh, based on, you know, maybe who I am, you know, the categories, like the, the definition of me as a target group, because I'm the, I'm the target group in this case, we're thinking. Uh, so that, that's like an interesting thing of taking it like, at least like towards autonomy is like, like we explored in an earlier episode, like, you know, giving it more and more room to act within. Yeah. So the perp, like it, it, like within a less specific purpose, like objective and potentially a less specific, like uh, pr- provision of context, it can, it can work, plan, execute and, and run through the thing. Hmm. Uh, so like that's at least one step towards autonomy i think because I, I as we defined earlier in earlier episode like it's like autonomy is not like yes or no autonomy is kind of a gradient it's a scale yes. yeah uh, it's a size of the sphere hmm. that you can operate within uh so that that's what came up for me hmm. um how do you relate that yeah that, i think what is interesting is that we we started out talking about ai native apps and then we delved into autonomy as as part of that is um and uh i am thinking about is that autonomy a requirement for for the ai native app i i i think that in order for um the you the the co-creation to happen and then perhaps an ai native app with autonomy for the ai like those are basic requirements maybe there are more requirements but but for through co-creation to happen i think those are really good uh starting points and i agree you have, you have you you the human and the ai has equal opportunity to affect the the end result of what you're working on and the ai has autonomy and of course the human has autonomy to to work on the end result yeah it's interesting it's almost like we defined ai native right uh, with these uh, five different aspects, expanding on how where we started, mm. and without it being AI native, there's very limited opportunity for autonomy. Or, or one other way to say it is, if we would put AI native on a scale across these five that were like like a multi-dimensional matrix across these uh, five dimensions, mm. then the more AI native it is. Um, the uh, and the broader the kind of capabilities of, of the actual software the product mm. um, i mean that will expand to the physical world as well of course uh, the more autonomy is possible but then implementing autonomy is also like a gradual thing mm. uh, in the sense that there is already autonomy in very narrow um like ai native tools mm. uh, and even in very narrowly AI native tools in the sense mm. that they have, they're both like not fully AI native, say the Adobe Firefly example, and, and, uh, and um, they don't have a broad uh, set of uh, actions that can be taken. Mm. Uh, so they're, uh, and, and then like, I think expanding on how AI native the product is, and then expanding on the autonomy of the AI, that's where co-creation comes in, which I think is a really good segue into potential next episode is like, okay, AI native, to let's say let's put it in sequence to yes. autonomous to like an active co-creation 
with that autonomous autonomous AI inside an AI native yeah. uh, product. That that's something I would love to talk about. Like, but but I think we're at thirty plus now, so maybe we'll leave that for another episode. Yes, that sounds good. Um, I think we learned something today, and um, we we have come up with. Uh, definitions for a native and the value of autonomy and we added them together into defining what co-creative apps are and uh, i want to round off with just in that something that came to mind that in in game design um game designers that have worked with open world games where you can go anywhere do anything what they've found is that autonomy is actually not very engaging for the user yeah you can go anywhere you can you can see anything in the world but what is more uh engaging is actually the uh, volition which is purposeful autonomy like you can you can do anything but there there's also meaning to it so that that's perhaps that's also something for for a future episode to talk about the difference of autonomy or or and volition or what is purposeful autonomy how do we give and you've touched on that uh, today as well how do we get, give the the ai purpose with having autonomy yeah and last thing there i think that fits perfectly into talking about uh, co-creating with autonomous ai native products because what unites us in many ways in co-creation is purpose you know yes. you're doing something together for a reason yeah but yeah that's that's awesome. Thanks, Martin. Yeah. Thank you, Rasmus. And thank you to the listener for staying with us all to the end of this episode of Co-Creating with AI. And uh, see you next time. Thanks, Rasmus. Have a nice Thanks, rest of the day. Yeah, you too.